Better communication equals more influence, and more influence equals more money. Hi, I'm Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast, and in this episode, I was speaking with Kim Arnold, who is the founder of the world's number one email writing training course, Email Engagement. Now, this is an available license program that organizations can use to train all their staff to write emails and build relationships, engage, and get results within their business. Now, Kim also works directly with leading organizations to help them connect faster with their stakeholders and get the results they need. She helps thousands of people around the world transform their virtual and in-person communication so they can persuade, influence, and make their message stick. She's worked with clients like Accenture, Sherman, and Sterling, and JP Morgan and her book, Email Attraction, was shortlisted in the Financial Times Best Business Books. Now, Kim is regularly featured on in the media like in Forbes and on BBC Radio and CNBC. Now, in this podcast episode, Kim and I were lucky enough to talk about some scary stats on how much time you spend in your inbox and what you can do to reduce that. We could talk about why we need to level up our email communication skills, which can help us get better results in our business. We just talk about how to make people feel good after they have actually read our emails, which, hello, isn't that crazy? It's what we should actually be doing. Nobody wants to get an email and feel like, oh, I'm just drained after it. We wanna make people feel good for responding to our emails. And that's what we teach in this podcast episode. We also talk about how to grab attention with your emails and why that's really important at the start of your email. Then we talk about how to keep your emails short and sweet and why that's key these days if you want good virtual communication. Then we dive into nifty tactics and strategies of what you can write in your email to get people to take some sort of action. We also talk about cool ways to sign off on an email, some ways that, you know, some startups and some tech, you know, startups are using to sign off on their emails, which is really, really cool. And we talk about how you can actually connect with the person you're emailing and why that's so valuable and how that can create influence through your communication. Now, there's so much value in this podcast episode. You know, if you have an email and you have an inbox and you're doing it yourself or you have a team, no matter what, you should be listening to this podcast episode because it's so valuable in how you communicate with everybody within your life and within your business that's gonna help you get better results. Do you wanna build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Kim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Great to be here, Jared. Now, this is very this conversation that we're going to have is really very relevant to me and my business around communication and people that I've hired to help me with email communication within the business. And there's going to be some selfish questions in here that are going to be also <laughs> valuable for the listeners too. So, this we're going to go broad and then we're going to get we're going to narrow in and then find some golden nuggets within this and treat this like a training training episode for not just my team but everybody else's team when they're hiring assistants and and people that can help them with their email communication, even if they're doing it themselves, right? When you meet somebody at a party and they and they say, "Hey, Kim, what do you do? What's what's your answer?" 
<laughs> well, I try not to make them run a mile by talking about email. You know, it's not the, the sexiest <laughs> party topic, is it? Hey, you know what I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, my my role is really helping to people people to engage with those who matter most. So whether that's your customers, your colleagues, your stakeholders, um, and we do that by helping with email, with virtual communication um, in general. So we uh, train teams how to communicate better, how to write better, how to have more impact. Um, and we also train trainers in organizations so that they can do them, that themselves. Okay, cool. So you train teams in email communication, but this is 2022, we're recording this, and it's going to be relevant moving on into the next decade and, and even longer uh, with virtual communication. What is email communication, like good email communication? Why is it important for us in our businesses, our online businesses? Well, there's some really horrifying statistics. We spend on average 52,000 hours of our life on email. So that's about yeah. six years of your life. And that's more than you're going to spend eating. It's more than you'll spend going on holiday. And it's more than you'll spend socializing. Um, wow. And 90% of people have never been taught how to write a good one. You know, if you think of the money that that um, we might spend on self-improvement, if we're an entrepreneur, or if we're, you know, within a business, what we, you know, we train our teams to do sales, we do presentation training, um, imposter syndrome, we tackle all these things. But the one thing that we're doing day in, day out, we're novices, we really don't have any idea what we're doing. You know, we most of us have learned how to write at school or at university. And, you know, those were essays where people were actually paid <laughs> to read what you've written. Um, and it's completely useless when it comes to writing really pithy emails where you need to get to the point in seconds. On average, we have yeah. three seconds to get someone's attention with an email, just three seconds before they decide, do you know what? <sighs> I can't be bothered with this. They click close and they're never going to open your email again. So great email communication is about grabbing attention and sustaining it and then being very, very clear about what you want to happen next. Oh, I love it. So let's come back into grabbing attention. I find that super important. In fact, just yesterday I had this conversation with two of my clients in our master mastermind around headlines, not just headlines, but also when you first get into the inbox, into the email, how do you get straight to the point but make it attractive that the person who's reading it, it's about work, but they want to read it because it's important and it's got their curi you know, it's got them curious. So I'd love to break down that shortly and get a bit more in depth around that. But what are some of the new rules? You say you've got some new rules of communication or in, you know, for a virtual world. What are some of those new rules that you would that you have coined that we should be understanding and, and using in our communication in this virtual world? world of communication, I guess? Well, I, I think we need to think more billboard and not Bible. You know, gone are the mm. days where, <clears throat> you know, someone might have only had 10 or 15 emails in their inbox uh, each day, or they would only had emails to deal with. Um, I remember looking mm. at a, um, 
a LinkedIn post the other day and and this entrepreneur was on there and he was really proud of himself. And he was saying, you know, I've really streamlined everything that I've done. And um, so I've prioritized my platforms that um, I use to communicate. And these are the order I do them in. Uh, so he had uh, WhatsApp first, then he had Discord, then he had uh, email, then he had Slack, then he had uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and Twitter DMs. And literally this, this list just went on and on and on and on. There were about 17 platforms oh, yeah. on there. How this guy got anything oh, yeah. done, let alone being super productive, I have no idea. <laughs> but that is that is the yeah. um, you know that is the case for so many of us. You know, we have our phones sitting there blinking away at us, um, and we are our our attention is being divided so much. And yet, when we communicate mm. with people, we're imagining, and we don't even know that we we we're doing this, but it's almost like we think, oh, they've got all the time in the world. You know, they've got, um, you know, a cup of coffee here and they're just going to sit back and go, oh, wow, I've got an email from Jared. That's awesome. Let me get a cup of coffee. I'm going to set aside half an hour and I'm just going to, you know, get through it. And of, and of yeah, course, that's like you've been waiting case. for this email all day and just ready for it. Yeah. But you're not, yeah. So this, there's this big disconnect between the amount of time and energy that people have to, uh, consume our emails and our approach. Mm. You know, we're still writing too much. We're still waiting too long to get to the point. So as you say, how we start our emails is is so important. And in my in my book here, email attraction, um, you know, I talk about three different parts of an email. And the first one is is your hook. Um, and it is about how do you get that attention in the first three seconds? How do you show your audience that this isn't going to be a heavy read? This is something that is going to be useful to you. This is going to be interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a great quote by a, um, the British designer, William Morris. He was a 19th century designer. And he says, you know, don't have anything in your house that you don't believe to be beautiful or know to be useful. And it's a bit the same with emails. Look, if it isn't beautiful, so if it isn't like engaging or fun or interesting or different or attention grabbing, uh, -uh. or if it's not useful for that person, by the way, for your reader, not for you, if it's not either of those two things, then it needs to go. So we have to be much more ruthless with our approach to email, we need to be more rigorous. We need to um, imagine our reader drowning in, in information. And we have to kind of get through all of that to get to them. So we need to work much, much harder than we've ever done to, to get that attention. I love that. Let's, let's unpack that. Just before we do, for people listening, we're not talking about our audience of sending out an automated email to thousands and thousands of people on our email list. We're talking about our audience of one person that we're emailing, that we're having communication with that's either helping us grow our business or is inquiring about our business or it's a one-to-one -one conversation virtually via email, right? And so when you say we need to grab attention, we need to do it fast, it needs to be useful, we need to get to the point, what are some of the things that we can do to grab attention that first sort of three seconds? Well, it's, it's interesting that you just mentioned email marketing. And I think there is this big 
uh, lack of balance really between the time and effort often we put into email marketing where we're like obsessing over subject lines and openers and response rates and A-B testing and all these things. But the emails we send out every day, we just kind of dash them off like this. So actually applying a bit more of the rigor that we might use in our email marketing to thousands of people to the the sort of one-to-one emails is a is a really good approach and a, a really good tactic. So your hook, the start of your email, needs to engage people immediately. So um, ideally, you will um, start with you instead of I. And this is one of the big mistakes that people make writing emails. You know, if you're writing to someone that perhaps you don't know, I'm writing to introduce myself. You know, it's all about me <laughs> or... Um, I'm writing to ask for X. I'm do, I want this. I want that. And of course, the person reading it is just sitting there thinking, well, what's in it for me? Yeah. Why should I care? Yeah. Why should I care about you? I've got a hundred other emails to attend to, and this is all about you. So starting literally with the word you instead of I is a really simple shift that you can make. So instead of, you know, I'm writing to introduce myself, it it could be um, your name came up when I was talking to um, a mutual friend recently, so that we reframe that in the context of something that's that's going to pique their interest. Or um, one of the things that, that people do a lot is a very generic opener. So I hope you're well. Or, um, you know, the posher version, I trust this email finds you well. Um, And they're just really bland and generic and they don't get people's attention. And this is valuable real estate. You know, this is this is, you know, the the most expensive part of your email Um, and you're just wasting it. You're really wasting it. So we need to get personal. If we know that person, make it personal. How was your weekend? Did you get rained on this morning? Probably not in Australia, but certainly here in the UK. Um, we, um, you know, how was your daughter's birthday party at the weekend? Did you survive that um, Zoom marathon that you had on Friday? Something just to engage, something to show your reader. Look, I'm not on autopilot. I haven't cut and pasted this. I'm giving you attention, individual attention as my reader. Time and effort and care has gone into that email. And sometimes it's just about that that opening um, sentences is just enough uh, to, to, to get people's attention. And conversely, some people don't even need that soft opener. They want to just get to the point. You know, we've always all worked with those people who have um, maybe just reply with one line emails they want to get to the point so that's okay too sometimes it's like look here's the data you asked for or yes we can um we can make that happen for you and you can just get to the point so um we need to get a bit more creative about these these hooks these these openers to our emails Uh, i love it using the word you getting to the point but the big thing that i want to touch on and unpack now is you mentioned connecting with them, making it personal. And I think what I like to do when I'm teaching people that are helping me with my emails, because my inbox is going just next level crazy. <laughs> it's just too much. So I'm trying to I'm trying to teach what I do unconsciously. And what I like to do is make my emails personal because the goal is to deepen the relationship 
through the com- communication for us because that builds our, our brand, provides more trust, and it helps both parties connect at a higher level and both of us respect each other for it so we can both get what we want out of our communication effectively. And one of the ways that we I like to do it is making it personal. And what I like to teach is at least acknowledging what the person has previously said in their email. For example, they may say something about their life. They may some, say something about something that has happened. And the first thing that we write is at least acknowledging, be like, oh, that's crazy. Can't believe that really happened to you. Or uh, thanks for letting me know. I didn't know how hard that was, in, you know, or whatever it is, depending on what they said in the in their email but i feel really acknowledging provides a deeper connection at the start of the email and i think by adding the you and some of the other things you mentioned are are really good do you have some other ways that we can connect deeper through our communication virtually by email sure and and i I love that example that you've just given it's it's a great um strategy because it shows you're listening email is i I call it That's, that's the most important thing right yeah, it's 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 a conversation with a pause. That's how it should feel. This isn't a a monologue. And so far too often we treat it like almost like a a, a sort of posting platform rather than an engagement and a, and and conversation. So when we start thinking of it as a conversation, well, what would you say in person? As you said, you would acknowledge what someone has said. You would ask them how they are. And really want to know the answer. Um, so I think that's that's a great technique. The the other um, thing that we can do is really watch the kind of language that we use, specifically the types of words that we use, because typically, you know, I might say to you, "Oh, hey, Jared, how are you doing? Um, you know, how was your weekend?" But then when people come to email, it would be, "Dear Jared, I trust this email finds you well." Um, further to our conversation Mm. last week, please find attach the report, kind regards. And we slip into quite a formal mode of speech on email. And it can be quite subconscious. But there are many reasons that we do this. You know, I I think, um, particularly older generations, you know, this was more expected, this sort of very professional um, speak, People who might have started their careers in corporates as well, that can be very hard to sort of shake off that that formal language. But we really need to be careful because that kind of language creates distance and it creates barriers. And what we want to do is is create nearness and a sense of conversation. Um, So using language that we would say with someone in person is, is so important. So down to words like, utilize. I wouldn't say to my kids, oh, here, you know, stop eating your chips with your hand. You know, can you utilize some cutlery? It just, you know, it just, it just wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So we need to use really straightforward down to earth language, use not utilize. Um, And we need to think about how we structure our sentences. So using contractions can be a really great way to sound more conversations conversational so instead of um we will uh come back to you we'll come back to you i'll instead of i will Mm. we're instead of we are so that just loosens up your language a little bit and it makes it much easier to read because we're not having to struggle with longer words it 
makes our emails shorter in general, um, which everyone loves. No one said, oh, I wish, you know, it's a great email, but I wish it had been, you know, longer. Like it just, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so um, there are lots and lots of um, benefits for conversational language, but that, um, that engagement, feeling like you're really, you're having a conversation with someone, but it just happens to be over email. But it's very similar to the conversation mm. that you might have on the phone or in person. And that's, that's really important. Oh, it's so good to hear. It's These are some of the things that I have taught that I didn't consciously know that I did with my emails until I had to teach it. And I want to ask you a question around uh, branding and personalization in how we speak. For example, is it valuable to, like I'm an Australian and I have Australian slang. I used to put a lot more pressure and stress on, stress on myself to be serious and professional because I was in a business, uh, I'm teaching people to buy business, right? So I've got to be professional, of course. And I used to treat that pretty seriously. And now that I've realized that the more I am myself in my language, in my podcast contents, conversations and emails, the deeper the relationships can become. And so I'm embracing my slang, like saying mate, saying bloke, saying all these different things that we say in Australia, which is pretty normal. I used to even change my my tone and try to not have as much accent, but now I'm really harnessing it and I do that in my email communication virtually. I'll say, g'day, mate. I'll say different things that are very unique to how I talk usually. Is that valuable for people when you're communicating with them, being yourself? Like I know that may that may sound over the top me, you know, that's just how I talk, right? So why don't I why don't I type like that? Are you is that what you're suggesting doing is personalizing it by bringing ourselves into emails and just talking through email how we would normally talk verbally? Absolutely. You know, obviously we we need to be mindful of our audience. So, you know, if we were writing to the chairman of the board, we might want to rein it in a bit. Um yep. But in general, <laughs> we can put so much more of our own personality into our emails than, than we think we can. And if you think about the emails that you enjoy receiving, you know, the ones where you, if you get an email from them, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to open that one. I'm going to open that one. Generally, it's from those people that put their personality into their emails. They sound friendly, they sound warm, and they sound like them. So, and I've been on a, a very similar journey to you, Jared. You know, I came from a corporate background. I was a global head of comms. Um, you know, I was very used, mm. 15 years ago, I was very used to writing in, in quite a buttoned up and, and formal way. And it can feel quite vulnerable at first to, to loosen up and let a bit more of yourself um, out there. But you know, I work with with corporates now and um, all sorts of businesses, and they get they get full Kim every time. Uh, they get you know. I used to be very afraid of exclamation marks, for example, in emails, and you know, worrying that they might make me look a bit uh, flippant or frivolous. But mm. that's how I speak. I have energy. I get excited about things, so I'm going to put my exclamation mark in there if I'm excited about something. Um, and likewise, as you say, with um, with local slang, if you know, you sent me a brilliant email 
um, actually, when I didn't respond to your first email about this podcast, I was having a crazy week. And you sent me um, a, a follow up and it said, shall I send out the search party, Kim? And it made me laugh so much. You got an instant reply. And I yes. think that's a great example. You know, it's 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 about being the best thing in someone's inbox. How can you be a bright spark in their inbox? And mm. more often than not, you can do that by um, sharing your personality. The, the other interesting point to this, and when I'm talking to corporates about this, you know, when we're talking about personal brand, the way that we get people to trust us is by consistency. Having a very different online persona to how you are in, in real life is more of a problem these days because the two worlds are, are clashing far more than they, they ever were. Um, you know, we're seeing people on camera now. So, uh, you know, it's not just a telephone. So our worlds need to mesh. And so many times um, there's there's actually a, a teacher at my, my children, one of my children's school. They go to different schools, so I'm not going to name the child or the school, um, <laughs> who sends horrible emails that sound really prickly and, um, you know, slightly passive aggressive. And I know this person in real life is warm, friendly, caring and lovely. But because the tone is so formal and stiff and buttoned up and um, it makes her sound like a completely different person. So it can have that real detrimental effect about making people feel that we're we're someone different. You know, perhaps we're, we've come across as a bit cold or standoffish or um, prim or uptight or just not fun. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. And I think this will happen more and more. There's great TikTok videos out there with Gen Z companies who are saying, look, this is how we sign off our, our emails. And it's like, hey, hey, bye, or laters, or um, finger guns was another one that they someone had written oh, finger like guns to sign off their email. Oh, and I'm like, so I love this. You know, it will not, it, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily work for, you know, every environment. I'm sure my corporate clients would, would <laughs> probably still have a heart attack if I sent them something like that. But I love yeah. this new energy that um, younger generations are bringing to email. And uh, I think I think I'm all for it. You know, there's two things that you mentioned that just connected really well in your explanation is like how you feel about the email being prickly. And I thought about oh, how you I was about to ask you a question from the the word that you used feel how you feel about the email. And then you mentioned the old mate finger guns. And then you also mentioned, you know, signing off in, ha bye. I want to ask you, what are some of the other ways? I guess what's important is to finish, people finish an email and be like, yes, that was good. I'm glad I replied to that or I'm glad I read that. We can come back to like how bad a paragraph. So I'd probably put a blanket statement in here and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that any paragraph in an email doesn't belong. Uh, but also, to add to that, what are some of the other things that we can do to make sure people feel good about reading our emails other than the sign off and some of the other things? I know that we mentioned a few, but maybe you've got some more in the toolkit. Oh, there's always more. There's always more. So many. Uh, you know, this this baby took uh, you know a couple of years to write. So there's some amazing tips in here. But but yeah, um, emails that 
are easy to read take a bit more time and effort to write. So easy reading is hard writing. And this is what we need to remember. So quite often we're on autopilot with emails. So we're sitting there, we're like, oh, right, I'm going to bang out 20 emails this morning. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This is great. And we give ourselves a pat on the back. High five. I've done it. Great. I'm going to go and get that coffee that I, you know, promised myself. But actually we need to value quality over quantity so much more. So putting more time and effort into each email, really thinking about our audience. Who am I writing to? How much, you know, what's their email style? How, um, you know, can I, can I be finger guns or do I need to be a little bit more buttoned up? You know, are they a one liner? I used to have a boss who used to reply to emails with uh, Nike which meant just do it. Um, You know, I never sent him more than, you know, 10 words at a time because I knew it would really frustrate him. So who, who am I writing? I call it my three W's in the book. So who am I writing to? What do I want to happen next? And this is an interesting one because very often when I challenge my clients on this and we're sitting there in a training session and we're looking at an old email that they might have written, they brought along with them. I say, okay, what was the one thing that you wanted to happen next? And they, and they go, oh, uh, oh, I think, I, I think it was this. And I said, look, it's taken you a minute to think about what you wanted. The reader's never going to know, and they're not going to bother wading through this email. So really having clarity about what is the one thing that you want to happen next. So who are you writing to? What's the one thing that will you want to happen next? And the third W is why. Why should they care? What's Mm. in it for them? And it's amazing how many things we can switch on their heads a little bit that make them, going back to my earlier point about being less me, 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 and more about the other person, this can really, really help. So if you are, um, you know, asking someone, I, I had a great feedback actually from someone who read the book and she's like, Kim, um, oh my God, this actually works. I've had a hundred percent reply to my email and I'm a company secretary in a bank and I only write to ask people for boring and mundane things, you know? Wow. And she'd found that yeah. just by shifting this, you know, she was asking people to fill out reports and gather information and, um, cool. you know, do all this kind of really dry stuff. Um, but she was finding a way to make it interesting to them. You know, if you do this, then this benefit might happen. You know, um, so so that's really important. So those those three whys, I think, help us to get in that right headspace. Um, and um, to to your point, the the next thing that we really need to remember is, as you say, if it's not vital, ditch it. Um, one of my latest trainers for my email engagement program, one of the trainers that that we've trained, he said, Kim, I call it scorched earth tactics. You know, I go back to my email and I just rip stuff out. And he says, you know, I'm careful not to strip out personality. That has to stay. My voice, the warmth, the friendliness. But if it's not absolutely vital, it's it's got to go. And I liken this to you know packing your suitcase to go on vacation. It's very yeah. easy just to dump stuff in, you know. It's like, oh, I'm going for three days, but I'm gonna, you know, pack 
you know, 10 pairs of underwear. Like you, you just don't need this stuff. But hey, look, my suitcase is this big and I can fit it all in. And then you get there and you don't wear the stuff and you think, oh my goodness, I could have just taken carry on, you know, hand luggage and I'm never going to do this again. And it's the same with your email. Just because you can write it doesn't mean you should. So stripping back, is this really important? Can I strip out redundant words like, I've just used one, really, very, definitely? Are there kind of clunky phrases with regards to stuff like this that we just can pull, pull, pull? Am I beating around the bush? Is there stuff um, quite often at the moment, I see a lot of my clients writing emails because we're all hybrid working. It's like, oh, are you you free um, next week or the week after to do a call? Or would you prefer Zoom or maybe Teams? Or are you back in the office a couple of days a week? Maybe we could do a coffee, but it's okay if you prefer a phone call. Let me know what you want. And it's like... That's all it is in that email, just decision fatigue. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, all of that, thinking about how we can just strip out, be more precise. Are you free on Tuesday for, you know, at two o'clock for a, for a coffee? If they're not, they will come back and tell you, but let's make it easy for them. Let's strip out all that unwanted um, information so that they can they can really get to the point and, you know, make it easy for them. They've got got limited time and um, they will appreciate if you're that bright spot in their inbox, you get to the point, you're friendly, you're warm, you're engaging, you're interesting and you just get to the point. Everyone loves that. Yeah. I really like that explanation. And when you're thinking about that, I, was, I like to think of quick, quirky, usually it's clickbaity titles and stuff like that. But I, the coffee thing is like my explanation, if I was to teach somebody to write an email that like, hey, do you want to go get a coffee? It'd be like on a scale of 10, scale of one to 10, how much you like coffee? Question mark. Let's catch up Tuesday this time or Wednesday this time? Question mark. And then finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) What do you reckon? Would that work? Yeah. Well, look, you know, I always say to to clients, you know, experiment, experiment. I think um, sometimes we can go too clickbaity. I think there's a bit of sort of tiredness now like oh god you know another um cheesy sales email where they're just trying to get my attention with something kind of weird I saw one on LinkedIn the other day that was entitled something like someone had posted it and said oh I just got this um and it was called something like your dog just died or something horrific like that and then and the email and it was like ha, just joking I wanted to get your attention uh but Exactly. So I, I think there's a there's a delicate balance there. People still want to feel like even though you even if you might be sending out, you know, 30 of these emails a week, this is still personal. So I do encourage wherever you can to to find that thing. Going back to what you were saying, what is that one thing that you know about that other person? Can you reference something that they've done recently everyone likes to have their ego flattered a little bit so ah, oh, you know that really great article that you wrote but reference something specific in it so I thought your point around I don't know employer branding was really interesting um my take on it is this anyway would love to continue the discussion so just showing that you are taking a real interest in them we all like to be made to feel special 
And um, you have the power to do that with email. So um, getting that balance right, um, I think, is, is, is really important. I love it. I love it. If people didn't get good enough reason in this podcast episode, um, they should have. But if they need more encouragement, tell us why people should get your book. <laughs> um, well, it's short for a start. So you can, you can read this baby in an hour and a half. Um, and it's short and sweet, a uh, little bit like me. And um, it's going to give you really practical advice. You know, this isn't a business book. Uh, God knows we all have them, don't we? All the business books that sit on our shelves that were like, I really am going to read it. Um, and it's just gathering dust. And I didn't want to write those. So um, this is, it's right. short, it's sweet, it's packed full of um, weird illustrations. It's got lots of uh, email makeovers before and afters so that you can, um, you know, you can really see um, those transformations as well. And there's all sorts of emails in there. So examples from, you know, if you're writing to someone you don't know, or if it's someone, a colleague or a stakeholder, all sorts of different ones, it will teach you how to start your emails, end your emails and everything um, in between. So uh, email attraction is the book, email engagement um, is the program um, if anyone wants to get in touch. There'll be links to both of those in the show notes, uh, definitely. So thank you so much. Going to have to get a couple of copies of those for the team now. Thank you so much for coming on. For everybody that is listening, thank you for listening. If you are going to own an online business, you'd be ridiculous not to listen to this podcast episode again and level up your email communication. But also if you know anybody else with an online business, they're definitely leaving communication between themselves and their customers at a bare minimum and not doing themselves and their business justice if you don't share this podcast episode with them. So please do so. Yes, selfishly, it helps us help more people with the show, but it would be great to help more people that you know have better email communication. So thanks so much for coming on, Kim. I'll speak to you guys soon. Pleasure. Bye-bye.